everybody welcome to the five hall fantasy hockey podcast we're your host today tj and zach hey hey hi so we got your weekend preview 2.0 zach did a pretty good weekend preview for tuesday trends we're five hole fantasy hockey you can find us on twitter at fhf hockey you can jump in the fantasy hockey discord blah 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 let's do the injuries eh we always get the bad vibes out of the way because that's what you gotta do in life in general and it's really not too bad it's really not too bad this one uh except we have one that hurts us uh, first off, Jeff Petrie out with an illness. Um, Ryan Johansson. Ryan Joe is actually getting surgery this week from a leg injury that he sustained yesterday, which would be Tuesday. Today is a Wednesday. Uh, recording this on a Wednesday night. So on, on Tuesday, he got hurt and he's actually going to be getting surgery. So he'll be out for a while. And we were talking about him earlier in the year. Uh, every now and then he's, you know, good for a pickup. Uh, Robbie Fabry. Day-to-day with a lower body injury, he uh, he had blocked a shot, and he was feeling it after afterwards. So um, he's out right now. Tori Krug also left Tuesday's game. Uh, John Klingberg, he was a late scratch for Tuesday. There was a lot going on on Tuesday. Anthony Mantha, your boy. Just I just talked I just talked about him the other day. I'm over him. Just talking. No, he's always he's always going to be your boy. At least in my eyes, he's always going to be your boy. Mm-mm. Other than like when he first started out on 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 Chell and and he was on the Red Wings, he was awesome then. But uh, but that's about it. I'll go back. I'll delete all the episodes that I ever talked about Anthony Mantha. No, they're they are up here in the lockbox. So until my mind starts going, you're shit out of luck. Our guy Travis Konechny, who also Raj and I just talked about upper body injury. He did not play Tuesday. Uh, people have been really worried. TJ about Travis Konechny and you know what's going on with him. I pretty much I said he's too big a part of that team. Like he yep. touches the puck too often for extended streaks to really happen all the time. Now I get it, thirteen games was a long time, uh, but at the same time, Flyers suck too. But you know if anyone's going to get points on that team, it's going to be him. Uh, another one. This my guy here, Cole Perfetti. He is on IR. He was a guy that, like, I, I wanted to talk about picking him up, you know? I want to talk about picking him up. Winnipeg actually has another good weekend schedule like they always friggin' do. Um, and I wanted Cole Perfetti to be that guy that was going to get something. But uh, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> then we got a couple of goalies here. Uh, let's start with Aiden Hill. This one sucks for all the people that had... We were talking about Aiden Hill for a while, and he had been playing very well. Turns out, you know, good things can happen when you're not in Arizona. But then he's not been practicing. Uh, and then there's Mackenzie Blackwood. He left Tuesday morning's uh, skate, and he he tweaked his you know he tweaked his leg somewhere. Uh, some some sort of tweak, lower body injury. He is also day to day, and that that's gonna open up some spots, especially there. Like we know that New Jersey has other goalies that they can slot in there that we've seen 
you know, very be very good, whether it's, you know, Akira Schmidt or, or anyone they seem to want to throw in there this year, they're playing great. So, uh, you know, I'm not too worried about the Mackenzie Blackwood one. Pavel Bichnevich should be back tomorrow, and uh, Ovechkin should be back tomorrow. Uh, may be back as soon as Thursday's game. Evelyn Kaplan reports, you know, he lost his father, so he traveled back uh, home to be there. You got to feel for Ovi. And, uh, hopefully he comes back with a vengeance. Storylines. Nikita Zaitsev to Chicago. Very weird. Uh, Ottawa paid to get rid of Zaitsev, so it looks like they're trying to spe- clear space. I don't think that Ottawa is a buyer at the deadline here, but um, you know they're seventh in the East in terms of the wild card race. I mean, they're probably thinking long term. I don't. I mean, they, they, you know, maybe they're thinking like a, a sign and trade situation. Well, I'm curious if they have anybody that they need to sign this uh, this off season. So it looks like I yeah Ottawa needs to sign to Brinkat, uh Dylan Gambrell, you know whatever Shane Pinto he but he's a 102.c so he's not you know there's not going to be arbitration there so they can pretty much sign Pinto to somewhat whatever they want Derek Brassard UFA as well uh Julian Gauthier recently acquired uh so they have a they have a bit of work to do this offseason uh, including Eric Brandstrom Nick Holden, Travis Hamnick, if they want to go there. I know they want to rebuild that right side. And uh, Cam Talbot, too. So maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they are thinking long term. Uh, another small trade this today, uh, Dyson Mayo to Vegas. Vegas shipped out Shea Weber's contract, also paid a fifth to make this happen. The money kind of evens out, like real money. But uh, Arizona gets closer to the floor. And Vegas really making some room here, like with, with uh, Mark Stone on... LTIR and now getting rid of Weber's contract, they actually have some money to spend coming up to the trade deadline here, which is really strange. Like they have 8.75 in cap space, which is cool. Uh, it's a because, lot. yeah, they, uh, and, and getting rid of Weber's contract, like they free up some money for years now. So they can actually, they don't have to just buy a rental. They can pick somebody and, and, you know, with term. Which would be interesting. I'd like to see what Vegas is going to do. Like they always go out. That's that's something that McCrimmon's always been a fan of is like getting the big name. So I wonder if Patrick Kane is out there. I wonder if Timo Meyer. Uh, I don't think Eric Carlson would wind up there. But like it would be really cool to see Vegas take another huge swing as they often do. So that's going to be fun to watch. And uh, the last headline I hear. I had here is just Ryan O'Reilly, Tavares, and Marner. Man, that line looks good. They combined for 13 points against Buffalo. And Ryan O'Reilly is just fitting like a glove in Toronto so far. And it really looks like it's working out. Ryan O'Reilly, at the time of writing this, 59% rostered in Yahoo. Just go check. But then as soon as you get somebody that gets traded, you know, people pick them up just for the hype, right? So, of course. uh, And not to mention the Leafs on top of it. So, you know, you have to figure there's probably 10% worth of just straight up, you know, hype ads. And now he's doing really well. So you gotta, I mean, I don't think 59% is going to be the same tomorrow morning, right? So I don't even think it's the same right now. I just think that Yahoo hasn't updated. What just, be, just because I didn't get to talk about it with you, I said, I'm actually also, even though Ryan O'Reilly fitting in well, playing great, I'm actually also super excited from Nola Shari being on that team. What do you think about that? Do you think he's just going to get so stuck down into that uh, uh, fourth line that he's going to be screwed? Like, he's still taking shots. He's still getting a ton of hits. 
He's got a goal already too, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm a fan. Achari, he's, I, I mean, I've said it before, he's like my favorite fourth liner. Uh, and you remember when Noel Achari in Florida, he was just going off. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. The, there was like a week where he had like seven goals. Oh, my God. He was unstoppable. So, it, you know, for for the bottom six to look like that in Toronto right now, you got to love it. And what's nice is both Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari are very talented defensive forwards. So, you know, a lot of people want Toronto to go out and get, you know, a top four D and maybe they can make something like that happen, you know, going the rest of the way, but we'll see what happens there. I think there's uh, something going around with Jake Muzzin uncertainty with his future at this point. So, you know, if that money comes off and they have a little bit of wiggle room to work with, they could still add a D, but adding Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari, two gifted defensive forwards uh, with offensive prowess on top of it, like those are two really smart picks, uh, two really smart pickups here. And, you know, I love it for Tavares, too, because he gets to shift to the wing, having him, mm-hmm. you know, in a cap league where he could be dual eligible, like that starts to make that $10 million a little bit easier to to hold in a cap league. I'm not I'm not saying it's easy, but it's a little bit easier if he's dual eligible. And, you know, even in for like one year leagues and stuff like that, you got Tavares now at the wing. He's not worried about those defensive things anymore. And he's a little bit more freed up as we see sometimes like remember Giroux. When he went to the wing, he, you know, kind of exploded. Uh, I hope something like that happens for Tavares where, you know, he doesn't have to worry about the defensive responsibilities of a center and he can just be an offensive wing, especially with somebody like Ryan O'Reilly, a Selkie candidate, somebody great at faceoffs. Like you have two really good faceoff guys now. That's going to be a mean second line. And I know I just keep digging deeper into that rabbit hole, but I just want to say one more thing. You're just saying it's just something I want you to hear. How about Willie Nylander lately? This is a year for him. It really is. He's having a year. Whoa. Yeah. Willie Nylander. You're looking good. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I know you are. No, remember that. That's all I wanted to say. I remember that contract at first. People were like all pissed off because he was holding out. And then they were like, oh, my God. I can't believe he's, you know, what a waste of money. Now he's like fucking point per game closing in on 90 points. Like he was a point per game last year. Last year he was a point per game, and now and now he's over a point per game by ten points as of right now. Mm. It's uh, it's aging like fine wine. That contract looking really good, really good. Okay, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We started well, we started talking about fun stuff and the Leafs. Space Coyote threw a mailbag question in. He said, "What's going on with Barkov and Ekblad? They seem to be allergic to points right now." putting up a somewhat disappointing season relative to their draft position. Although Ekblad has nice peripherals. Yeah, that's all fine and good. But uh, when you draft somebody where Ekblad was drafted this year, you expect offense. Um, What's nice is he does have 29 shots on goal in the last seven. So like he's trying that's over four shots a game. And that's something he's been pretty consistent about this year is that shot volume. Things are just not happening. Like, you know, and then I look at Barkov, who right now in his last six games is half point per game. That second line is eating. You know, uh, Verhage scoring nonstop. Sam Bennett is is coming back, I think, and um, E2 Lewis Doranen is is on fire. Uh, Kachuk is out of his mind. Like it just does, sometimes the ebbs and flows of that lineup. Uh, you know, the second line is the one eating right now, and it's just it's not happening for the top line. So I think this is just a small blip. You know, I'm not going to say that end of season they're going to end up where you think they were going to end up at draft day, but 
hopefully the pace kind of evens out a little bit. Man, it's just, I, I don't know what's going on. Like maybe Barkov isn't clicking with Lindell at the moment. Sam Reinhardt's even doing pretty well. It's just, it's really strange to see, you know, two of their top players, their two top players going into draft day, uh, you know, with the exception maybe of Kachuk, that are some of the most disappointing players right now. Like Gustav Forsling, Brandon Montour are the, are the top D to have on this team. This is wild. And and you got Duclair coming back too. He should be back on Friday. Like who's, is he top power play? Does he push somebody off the top power play unit? Or does he just go into the second? Like, I don't know. It's. Oh, see now. I don't think, I don't think all that would, would happen. I think that's a little much. I, I do think that we're, you know, you can worry about Ekblad or Barkov all you want. You're not benching either of them. You know what I mean? So, like, you can we can talk about it all we want. It's not going to change a damn thing. Uh, they, you know, they were in a situation, like we always said, where last year they had a ridiculous team. And this year, you know, it was bound to go down a little bit. Now, we didn't think it was going to happen that much with Barkov because we he's shown that he can be a 100-point player no problemo. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's just not working right now. You're still not going to take him out of your lineup. And if you do, then you're going to hit with a, you know, a Barkov on your bench with three points. Yeah, it's I mean, that's just the way things go. Uh, those are two players that even if you were to sell them right now, you're getting scraps back. For oh, it. my so God. Don't do that. I, I, if you look at their stats, like, to be honest with you, I don't need to. I know players of this caliber that are in slumps. Like if I go look at their stat pages on natural stat trick, everything is going to be below where it should be. And you know, the numbers I talked about this in the beginning of the year and like that advanced stat primer episode that I did, like should isn't, is a word that's going to betray you in hockey. Like Barkov should be doing better. His numbers should even out. Ekblad should be doing better. His numbers should even out, but are they going to, we don't know. Hockey is very random. Doesn't matter, but you know, Barkov is also, he isn't, should be, he is a keeper level player. You know what I mean? You're not going to trade him for somebody other than that. And, you know, right now he's not worth another keeper to, you know what I mean? You're not going to trade, you know, a Mitch Marner for, for Barkov right now. Like we've been doing this for a while. We've been doing this podcast for going on seven years and every year has been so much like more normal does it not feel like next year is it's going to be like the most precarious offseason we've ever had like is tage thompson a first round pick that's going to be a conversation we're having yes tage thompson is a first round pick Ah, that just screams like bad call and i don't know like we're gonna have to deep dive this kind of stuff like right now the the top 10 rankings on the season connor mcdavid david posternock matthew kachuk jason robertson leon dreisettle tage thompson jack hughes like, if we're talking that as our top, is that our first round? Now, I'm not saying I love me some Jack Hughes, but I'm not saying that he's a, a top 10 pick. Roman Yossi is, is the number one D. Like, we, you know, we we shouted from the rooftops that Yossi was going to be kind of a shit. Well, maybe not a shit pick, but I, I feel like he was going to regress. I feel like that's because everyone else is doing so bad <laughs> Pedersen's number 13 and like this is just such a weird you know this is a really weird league that I have set up here with face-off wins and whatnot and then I'm looking at Zach Hyman inside the second round Eric Carlson fuck like that's a conversation we're gonna have Ryan Nugent Hopkins at as a second round pick Bo Horvat 
this is wild. Like we're going to have some weird conversations this year. Oh, to whatever idiot picks Eric Carlson in like the third round next year. Can you imagine if we would have had Eric Carlson in our top five in preseason, how many people would have like destroyed us? Oh, people, the, the, the internet would have shut, shut us, us down. down. They, would, they would have yeah. shut us down. Oh, I can't believe you don't have fucking Kelvin Carr as your number one. Like, all right, well, he's not right now. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a weird offseason. Anyway, um, Space Coyote, like these are two players that you have to wait it out. <laughs> it sucks because they, they're not playing where they should be. Uh, you have to. You can't trade them because you're going to get scraps and you can't drop them. Fuck no, you can't drop. And like Zach was saying, you can't put them on your bench because that's going to be the night that they go off. And then you're going to you're going to fucking roster them for the like active roster for the next four weeks. And then maybe they go cold again. It's just it's going to suck. Uh, hopefully they pick it up. And I really hope they do because they're they're two very high caliber players that uh, that should be doing a lot better. But there's that word should. All right, Machiavellis90 from Discord says, Steven Stamkos, very cold lately. Is this the cause of any concern? No. It's well put, TJ. Yep, that's my deep dive there. Uh, What's going on with Marc-Andre Fleury? Did he lose his starting again? I called this a while ago. In fact, I also talked about this on Tuesday. Uh, So I suggest you listen to Tuesday's episode, Machiavellis90, because I sing Gustafson's praises. Uh, and and how he actually has been taking the lion's share of the starts lately, on top of the fact yep. that he is turning those into wins. Where Mark Andre uh, Fleury is what he has three losses in a row right now, um, and his you know games that he's getting have been spattered uh, you know around lately. But I'm not saying that Gustafson is you know a better goalie than Fleury right now. Well, right now maybe he is. And that's just the way it is. So we've seen this happen with Marc-Andre Fleury before, uh, where he's lost his starting job. And you are you can't just take out a, a super hot goalie. Gustafson likely is the future uh, in Minnesota. Uh, if, well, Wallstead. Wallstead is a little more down the line, though. Like, Wallstead is, is young, like young, young. And you're thinking, I mean, when do you think Wallstead would get moved up? It would be a long time. Like people, it's not like a Carter Hart situation, uh, you know, where uh, people are, you know, getting their head chopped off if if they don't bring Carter Hart up. And in fact, that happened. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It it makes sense. On top of the fact that Fleury's costing three and a half million dollars a year this year, or like every, every year until until his contract's up in like three years or something like that. If if you can move that three and a half million dollars, a lot of money, especially if he's not helping you, and he has not been great this year. You go back, you look even as early as Christmas. Uh, you know, you take the games for all of Minnesota, and you got about a fifty fifty of Gustafsson and Flurry. Like this is something we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show, maybe even three weeks ago. Uh, you know, Gustafsson was, yeah, I think it was right when Logan Thompson got hurt. So it, you know, go back and listen to that episode. That's when we talked about Gustafsson just starting to take 50% of the games. And it was like, it was a cool 50% right on the dot. And it's getting to the point, like Zach said, like if Flurry's going to drop three in a row, you know, coaches don't have the time so you have to play the better goalie right now 
And yes, the body of work of Marc-Andre Fleury is legendary. He'll wind up in the Hall of Fame, but that doesn't matter when you got, you know, Columbus twice this weekend. You know, you're going to put Gustafsson, you know, like they do. They have Columbus and Toronto. I, I bet Gustafsson gets Toronto. If memory serves me correct, the the Wild are like right on the friggin' precipice of the playoffs. Like they are in or out material, like coming up very soon here. Yeah, they have the second wild card right behind Edmonton and Calgary behind them. But uh, you know they they've got a they got a four point lead on on Calgary. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, they're they're fighting for their life. It is a question from Get Your Fill. He says, have you guys ever played with a league median slash average rule in a head-to-head points league? If not, why? And if you do, do you think it's more fair? I've been super unlucky in my points league, and I'm in last place when I've outscored six out of 11 people ahead of me. And he went to go check uh, the, what did he say? He lost six times this year where you know you would put up the second most points of the week and the only person that had more points was the player, like the guy you were playing. That's happened to him like a bunch. Yeah, like ev- like every week, and I yeah. had an awful record. Uh, but every time someone played me, they scored you know two hundred and two hundred points, and I scored one hundred and ninety five. Yeah. So what he's saying is, um, each week you you have two quote unquote matchups. Uh, you, you're obviously you're going up against the guy you're actually going up against. But then your second matchup, and everybody's playing the same matchup, you're going against the league average points for. So, you know, you have 12 guys, you take all their points, you divide it by 12, and that's your second matchup. So, yeah, you might lose to the guy you're losing, like you play, but if you beat the league average, you go one and one that week. If you beat the league average and you beat the guy, you go two and oh that week. So, it's just, it, you know, you get a bigger sample size of wins and losses, and you get more of a representative record. I think rather than just like getting lucky or getting unlucky all the time. I feel, I feel you. And like, don't get me wrong. Uh, I want a golden goose from fucking Willy Wonka shock factory too, but part of fantasy hockey. And as much as it has screwed me over in the past and it will screw me over in the future. I don't know. That's just part of the fucking deal. It's just part of the deal. You know, uh, sometimes you, you lose, Sometimes you have a really good team and it just doesn't work out. Sometimes you have a whole bunch of injuries and it screws you and you and you and you lose your league because of injuries or, or you know, uh, you can kick ass all year long. How many times has this happened uh, where, you know, uh, where you've, you've kicked ass all year and then you get to the and then you get to the finals and you go from scoring, you know, 200 points a, a week to all of a sudden your team just to everybody just drops an egg. On the same on the same week, what what are you gonna do? It's just the way it happens. Just uh, I don't I don't know what else to say. Like yeah, this is it, it, it sounds interesting. Don't get me wrong, but you know I don't know. Part of fantasy hockey is the is the shitty part. Uh, you know it, it just it just is what it is. You know that we'll talk about this one a little bit more, Phil, because I think you know I'm trying to extrapolate this in my mind here, and I I feel like the the bad teams are gonna have even worse records. And the good teams are going to have even better records. Like, yeah, you know, every once in a while you have a year where you just continuously get unlucky. You have like an unsustainable year because you're putting up good numbers, but the people you're playing are just putting up better numbers. And it happens every single week, like week after week, where you're just getting demolished by a 
you know, a season best from your opponent. Because because everybody gets up to play TJ. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But um well you don't have to this year. It's just it's not happening for me this year. Um but I think, you know, even if that kind of thing happens, you know, what are you what are you, five hundred? Because you lost against your opponent because they're putting up unsustainably high numbers, but then you're beating league average like that, you're still a five hundred team. So I I don't know. I think I would need to dig my feet into this one a little bit more uh, before I can really have an opinion on it. I think it's interesting, like Zach was saying, and I definitely think it would be more representative of like how good your team is uh, than just like a regular win loss. Like if you were playing the league, like I think it would be more comprehensive than just straight up. But I, you know, part of me thinks it's also overkill, but I don't have experience with it, so I can't talk to it. I'd like to, I'd like to know more about it. So we'll see. Let's get into the week preview or the weekend preview portion of the show. Uh, do you want to take us through the best schedules here? Uh, sure, if you want to. I mean, there's a whole bunch of best schedules. Good streaming weekend, yeah. It's a, it's a good streaming weekend. But I mean, we kind of, we kind of talked about like how the uh, the heavy days and and stuff are, are going this week. That are uh, you know as opposed to the ones next week. Um, so you're gonna have a lot of these weekend heavy teams like what we have six teams here that uh, play friday sunday um pretty much what you're looking for is the teams that play friday sunday and then also have three games in four days um so and those are going to be you know between thursday and sunday so first the friday sunday games are the buffalo sabers la kings who i've already said i like their schedule minnesota wild who also have a really good schedule in general uh new york islanders toronto maple leafs and lo and behold, as always, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and your three games in four days teams are the Buffalo Sabres, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, LA Kings, Minnesota Wild, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins, and Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, and the Washington Capitals. So as I said, you're looking for that overlap, and it's the Buffalo Sabres, the LA Kings, and the Minnesota Wild. They're the teams that you know both play Friday, Sunday, and then also three games in uh, in four days. So as far as the Sabres go, um, they have a back-to-back on Thursday, Friday. Uh, it's a, uh, a Florida road trip. So, you know, while they have three games in four days, then play the, the Capitals on Sunday, they're at least playing some tough teams. Um, you know, the Capitals are trying to get back into the swing of things as they've been playing kind of shitty lately. Um, and then the LA Kings also play Thursday, Friday for a back-to-back and then play Sunday. And you're looking at uh, the Devils, Islanders, and Rangers. While I like, I, I don't get me wrong, I like their schedule, but that is also a, a tough group in the games. I think the Minnesota Wild actually have the best out of all three. And that's only because because they play Columbus twice. Uh, they're also ha- They also have a back-to-back Thursday, Friday, Columbus, Toronto, and then they go back home, play Columbus again. So, I mean, and, and that's and that's why they have the best schedule out of all of these. They play Columbus twice. Look for two wins there. Yep, I like that as well. I think LA's got a pretty nice one too. Um, you know, kind of m- good to middling teams. Like you have New Jersey and New York, uh, both New York teams. Well, two out of the three New York teams. You got the Islanders and the Rangers. Uh, Islanders could be, you know, a pretty easy one for them and the Rangers that could, that could be tough, but, um, 
The Rangers do have a back-to-back of their own leading into the LA Kings game that is on Sunday versus the Rangers. Uh, so they could be tired. That could be a game where LA kind of gets up for and maybe runs away. I don't know if their legs are going to be any good um, because the Rangers are on the road on Saturday and then travel back home from Washington, D.C. for Sunday's game. That, that's tough. That is tough. That's a hard, that's a hard back-to-back. It could be tired. You know, I, w- I was looking at this here for a second. I know we kind of talked about this already, but I, I want to kind of ask you a question. Minnesota Wild have back-to-back. Columbus, Columbus first. And, and that's, why, that's why I really think this is a good question. Columbus first, then Toronto. Does Gustafson get two starts? Does he get both Columbus starts? And then Flurry plays Toronto? Man, that sounds like a, that, that sounds rough. I feel like they give Flurry the the first game. They give him Thursday. They give Flurry the first Columbus game, and then Gustafson goes Toronto, and then Columbus. Yep. Well, I don't know who's going to get that Sunday Columbus. I feel like uh, those two games are going to be. That's going to be their litmus test. Like that's how they're going to know who they're going to play on Sunday. It's you know it's an easyish game because it is Columbus, and uh, they'll see what they can do if if Flurry can start to get some. Uh, momentum going to the point where, like you know, he really turns in that that first Columbus game on Thursday, and gets a read on Columbus. They're gonna go straight back to Flurry for that one. But if you know if Gustafson plays really well against whoever he winds up playing, uh, you know they give it to him too. So Gus could very well get two games this weekend. But uh, all right, so let's let's get into some streamers. Let's talk about this Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Uh, LA Kings, Minnesota Wild, Buffalo Sabres, trio of teams. Who do you like from any of these teams? I talked before about the LA Kings and and how I like their schedule. I, I talked about this, you know, t- shit like last Saturday or whatever. Um, and and even when when somebody asked about whether Arvidsson and Dursey are worth holding on to, and and my answer was for this week, absolutely. In fact, I think they're great streaming options. I I, I like them both. Uh, they're both available. You you also like Sean Dursey here, um, but yeah, they're they're both available. And this week they're great pickups. Now next week their uh, their schedule is shite. Uh, they're they're playing uh, three nights next week, and they're all on heavy nights. So they play Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, I believe. Um, so I mean, yes. You're streaming them now, and then you're dropping them after this weekend. But I do like Arvidsson and and Dursey uh, just because out of all the players that I see available most on a lot of these teams, on the teams that I do like, they're just high on my list of players that I like for streaming. I'm with you. Like Arvidsson's got five points in his last five games. Three of them are goals. Three of them are power play points. Uh, Dursey's got four points in his last five, two power play points. So like things are things are really clicking. Uh, for these for these two and they're they're streamable and this is a good weekend to get in on it you'll get three games like if you have same day ads and you can get them for this thursday if you have the room absolutely go for it because this thursday 10 games it's kind of like it's it's semi-heavy it's not up there but i like Dursey, i like arvidson both of whom are under 35 percent rostered Dursey's at 33 arvidson's at 26 so they're out there um i like this minnesota team man and and just their you know, the opponents, the, that two set against Columbus is just great. And Ryan Hartman, uh, you know, you talked about him last week as, as a week-long streamer. 
you know, it, it took a minute to get going, but in his last four games, he's got four points, three of which are goals. He's got 10 shots, 22 faceoff wins, two hits, five blocks. He's got a couple of games against Columbus. He's a top-line center. He's got 17-plus minutes time on ice. Yeah, you can sign me up. Go for that one. I'd even check on uh, Philip Gustafsson because there's a good chance that he could get two games. <laughs> there's a good chance that those two games could be against Columbus. And he's 62% rostered, so he's definitely somebody that's that's out there that's available. And he's rising, though, too. Like, people are catching wind. It's, yeah, they should. It's not, a mis- it's not a mistake. Like, that ownership is going up soon. He's going to, like, he's already a just go check, I guess, at 62%. But soon, like, you know, Jeek uh, earlier this year was in that. We were like, hey, you got to get him before it just gets too late. And now he's like an 80-something percent player. And I'm looking at it. Philip Gustafsson's had six starts in the last two weeks. And Flurry's had two. Uh, Flurry's had Flurry's went zero and two, giving up eight goals, and Gustafsson's went four and one, giving up eleven in those six starts. Really cool stats. Check them out. Uh, all right, Buffalo Sabers. Who do you like here? I got a just go check on Dylan Cousins at fifty nine percent, same as Ryan O'Reilly. Who's got five points in five games? He's second line center and on the top power play. And those five points in his last five games, three goals, two assists, and a power play point. Just go check on Dylan Cousins. As much as I like Dylan Cousins, it's hard to pick up a Dylan Cousins at the same 59%. Yeah, if you have the choice between the two, I'm with you. <laughs> definitely, definitely go for Ryan O'Reilly at this point. But, you know, if Cousins is out there and you're just looking for a weekend stream, sure. Ryan O'Reilly is more of a long-term, we'll see what's up with this kind of stat. I also, I kind of like Casey Middlestat here. He's center only, and his production isn't like super trustworthy, but he's got six points in his last five. He is heating up, so I, I don't mind it whatsoever. I might I might check out a Casey Middlestat if I got the room for it. I have a problem with Casey Middlestat, and that's just because like, He's let me down so many. He's one of those players that I've picked up a bunch of times and gotten a bunch of nothing from. So, like, as much as I, I would love to say, yes, let's do it. Uh, me personally, my own personal experience with Casey Middlestat is streaming woes. Mm. Like, so I, I can't I can't get behind you on the Casey Middlestat. I'm sorry. I, I want to. Like, I, I want to believe. Well, that's what I mean. It's it's not trustworthy. How about Owen Power? He's got uh, four goals in his last 10 games, playing a bunch of minutes, really starting to come in quietly, very quietly. Which is really cool because I don't think any of us saw that coming at all. Like, he was just supposed to be a straight, like, he's the defensive guy. He, he wasn't put on this team for any sort of offense or anything that's not why they drafted him and all of a sudden he's scoring points he's got it in his repertoire but yeah he was he was supposed to be kind of like a stand-up guy um man 20 23 minutes average time on ice in his last five games uh looking pretty good just real quiet real quiet he's still 46 percent rostered which is really weird really weird he's got no hits three blocks in his last five games 10 shots though which is rad all right, uh, I want to talk about Alexi Lafreniere, who kind of falls in that Casey Middlestat category where the points aren't super trustworthy. But he's got five points in his last seven games, and one of them's a power play goal. They're they're messing around with that power play. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, Vincent Trocheck, like the they're you know they're they're experimenting. So things things are pretty fun. 
And I think uh, Lafreniere has got a little bit of extra help up there. Although it's right now, it's just Trocheck. Like they they took Filipino off that top power play. Tarasenko's up there right now, so you know he's he's got Trocheck, which is an upgrade to a certain degree. And I think getting any piece of the Rangers is a good idea. Like, in all honesty, I really do. Getting any piece of that team right now is a good idea. And if you're looking for points, it's possible because they're scoring up and down. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's mainly the top two lines, especially the Panarin line. But at the same time, they're scoring up and down that lineup. It's not not just that. It's just mostly that. Tell you who's not slowing down. That's Keandre Miller. Man, I, that's all right. He's fifty nine percent rostered. Let's let's talk about it. Ryan O'Reilly, Keandre Miller, Dylan Cousins. I know Dylan Cousins is number three. So, Keandre Miller or Ryan O'Reilly, both fifty nine percent rostered. Who would you pick right now? Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, me too. Unless you desperately need a D, then Keandre Miller is the easy answer. I'll, I'll just I'll just hold off my I told you so's for this whole Keandre Miller bit till the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, and then I just wanted to throw out uh, Jason Zucker if you needed hits or pims this weekend because they got games against the Oilers, St. Louis Blues, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Those are three heavy-hitting games, uh, and I think Jason Zucker is going to have a bunch of hits and a bunch of pims. He's got 14 pims in his last six games, which just screams two minors and a you know game misconduct, but still – over two and a half hits a game in that span. He is still hitting, and there's an off chance of points for Jason Sucker this year. So he's been, he's been really fun to watch. Uh, why don't you take us into some prep for next week? If you're really ahead or if you're really behind, who are you eyeballing for next week just to, to get ahead of the game? As you know, that's one thing I love to do. I always love to look forward to, to next week and you know see what teams are having good starts of the week because if I can... I will get them ahead of time. If I don't give a shit about the rest of the week, if I feel like I already won or you already lost, you just say screw it. I'll 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 take a, I'll I'll get one of these guys now. Uh, so teams that play on Monday, Wednesday, uh, start the week off with you know two off nights. You're looking at the Anaheim Ducks, Colorado Avalanche, Dallas Stars, Edmonton Oilers, and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Which uh, the Knights actually play four games. They are all on off nights. Um, so that's interesting. That would be, you know, someone you could pick up as a week-long streamer. Um, and then you are looking at your three games in four days to start the week. You're looking at the Boston Bruins, Chicago Blackhawks, Dallas Stars, the Red Wings, who have five games, uh, but only two are on off nights, and the Ottawa Senators. Um, so, I mean, you could you could look at some of these teams. I especially like the three games in four days teams. Um but that's because you can you can really split up your week that way, and then you're picking up somebody that uh, you know is playing like a Friday Sunday. Um, that's what you're going to be looking to do, and and just totally cut that week in half and and figure it out that way. I think you're looking at probably Golden Knights for next week and Red Wings. Yep, a little preview for the week preview coming up later this weekend. Uh, but that's all we got for you today. That's our weekend preview. That's the. Uh, Mailbag. Mailbag. And we'll catch you for the uh, for the week preview coming up later this week where we're going to talk about all these teams, man. There are a lot of teams with really good streaming schedules. I'm looking at, what, one, two, three, four, five top teams worth talking about and then three kind of like secondary teams. So, you know, there's going to be 
A tier streamers, B tier streamers, three tier streamers, blah, 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 tongue twister, and I messed it up. But anyway, that's us, Five Hole Fantasy Hockey. You can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. Give us a follow over there and uh, hit us up. And then there is the Fantasy Hockey Discord where we're like 2,300 strong. Come hang out, talk some hockey, show us what you're cooking. Uh, all right, love you, bye. It's leave it, Dick.